You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 152, sponsored by MidOhioCon, Discount Comic Book Service, and eMusic. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 152. My name is Connor. I'm here with Josh. Howdy, howdy. And we are beside ourselves with glee to have Ron back. Yay! Who wrote this script? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And no one will ever know. At iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it on this podcast, along with other books of the week and various topics of interest. And before we get started, a quick reminder, warning, this is a review show, so we'll be talking about the books that came out this week. So we'll be talking about plot points and spoilers. So if you haven't read your books yet, pause the show, come back. You'll have more fun if you do. Wait, we this do what one? now? Spoilers, spoilers, Josh, whichever one you are. Have we been doing it that way all along? <laughs> oh, shit. <Yeah. laughs> Good Lord, you've ruined so many books for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got to start reading my books before we do the show. <laughs> That's apparent. Ron! Yes, sir. Uh... Well, it, away. it was my pick of the week, and what a pick it was! Um, it was actually uh, it was actually a really really jam packed week. As as my every three weeks, I recap how the comic books I buy. Um, <laughs> but um, but it was actually really challenging because there was a couple of, there were a couple of really really strong books that I really would have liked to have picked. Um, but it was one of those it, it, you know how. Um, um, we all read our books in we read our books in two distinctly different ways. You guys read you guys you guys read the one you like the most last, right? Ways. Right. Honor does this universe sorting thing. Right. Yeah. Um, by universe, by universe. Well, what I did was I I read my books the one I'm I'm most anticipating for um, the one that I'm I, I can't wait to read I, I read that first because I'm impatient. I eat dessert. Yeah, I eat dessert first. Exactly. Give me that cake, you. <laughs> and so we um, haven't even had the appetizer yet. <laughs> so this week, uh, the first book that I actually read was Marvel 1985 issue number five uh, from Mark Miller and to- Tommy Lee Edwards. And so I read it first because I mean, first of all, if you look at that cover, that cover, you know, w- while disclaimer, this cover did not actually depict anything that happened in the book it's a pretty badass cover um he totally said that to me by the way he's like no it was my pick even though the cover didn't happen <laughs> like he was mad i was really mad it was very upset well he's in love with dazzler so dazzler. i am it, it's dazzler in that costume of that period i love that dazzler because uh, dazzler when everybody thinks about dazzler they think of the whole disco dazzler and stuff like that but actually dazzler with the short hair and the blue costume was pretty pretty badass she was pretty cool you're so. making an assumption that anyone thinks of dazzler no, but more, more more often than not, people go with the disco dazzler. No, actually, I think of this dazzler. Oh, really? Oh, good. Well, you got good taste. So, anyway, so um, not that I think of her that often. <laughs> so, but um, as we've talked about it for the past, you know, few issues, um, this you know kind of high concept uh, postmodern book that Miller's uh, t- tale that Miller's telling about, um, you know, what if the Marvel supervillains came into the real world. And uh, with the last issue of this issue four, it ended with a cliffhanger of the little boy Toby uh, discovering the doorway into the Marvel universe, and that's where this issue picks up. And what happens is, is that um, you know, in the small town, and I forget where it is. I, in my head, it's 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 Mid Atlantic because that's where I'm from. Um, but it's some small 
small suburban town, and um, and the supervillains are now just completely out in the open, and they're just laying waste to the town. It's just completely, um, you know, they're they're. Basically, and it was great is because there's a couple of scenes where Miller actually described what's going on, and he says, you know, like you know, Batrock the Leaper is burning down a church, and the Sentinels are, f- are frying children, and and these guys are in a hold up in a bar killing these people, and and it just completely like. So, you know, we th- when you think of comic book villains, you think somewhat kind of, you know, they're kind of hokey and they do stupid things and stuff like that, but put them in the real world and they're just like out, like one, one villain walked by just with a severed head. Like they're just out and out killing people and it's really kind of brutal and the town has really no defense. And so like everyone in the town is trying to escape and they're trying to flee. Um, so just pretty much hell in a handbasket. And then Toby switch over to Toby's in the Marvel universe and he, you know, his great idea is he'll go find the Avengers and they'll help save his town. Um, and so he stumbles into the Marvel universe and what the, the big distinction, the, the big thing that really jumped out for me and, and it's a, it's totally an obvious thing, but was the artistic manner in which Tommy Lee Edwards, you know, depicted the Marvel universe versus the real universe um, in, you know, the real universe, so the real world, it, he's using you know very dark colors and dark tones and um, a, kind of a little more erratic, sketchier kind of style. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's realistic because it's not, but it's it's visually different than what he does in the Marvel universe. What he does in the Marvel universe is the color. The color is a lot brighter. It's a little more. Um, it's a little more simpler. And even the way he drew people are simpler. There, there are less lines involved. And you know, it's an obvious kind of thing. It's like okay, well, he's in two different universes, so they're going to visually visually make it look different. But this just so nailed it. It just totally. It accomplished that 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 device and in such a you know classic classy style that it, it just totally blew me away um and it's kind of funny to see toby going through the marvel universe and he, he first he goes to avengers mansion and he finds jarvis and he says i need captain america i need the avengers and jarvis kind of shoves him you know gives him an avengers pin and goes thanks for visiting the mansion and kind of sends him on his way and then he goes to the fantastic four and he explains that this is a you know there's a big multi-dimensional crisis and and the little uh robot receptionist is like well there are currently three multi-dimensional crises please fill out this form and they so, give him a litany of paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so, nice yeah, and so then finally, you know, with you know, at you know, at a loss of what to do, he runs to the Daily Bugle and he he manufactures a way to meet Peter Parker and basically says, "I know who you are. I know you're Spider Man. I need help." And um, and in a, in a really, I thought a really well written uh, kind of exchange between the kid and Peter Parker, um, and kind of you know recruits spider-man into the fray um and then it ends and it you know there's one more issue left in the series and i mentioned in my review on the site that i know what's going to happen or at least i presume i know what's going to happen is that the marvel heroes are going to come back with him and they're going to clean up and fix everything and make it all better but the cover will actually occur then yeah maybe um and there it's miller so there's a chance that that might not happen so i definitely admit that but probably that's what's going to happen but what's really great is that and and like i also said in my review is that this this whole series is just it just feels like a love letter to the the uh, the idea of loving comics of you know this idea of reading comics and knowing these characters so intimately and then the question of what if they become real and what if you can interact with them and and it's funny to see you know Toby talking to Spider-Man roll off all the facts he knows about his life he's like he's like you live with your aunt you're you know your green goblin killed your girlfriend you're going out with the black cat and like and like all these like intimate details that he knows by heart from reading the comics and it's you know it's this this love of comics and this and this love of of the stories that we've read for all these years 
put into a position of actually being able to interact with them isn't a terribly new and you know amazing idea but it's just done i think i think this has just been done so well and when this is all done and collected in this you know in the trade paperback format or hardcover format it's just going to be a for any marvel fan it's going to be a fun kind of must read like right up there at marvels and right up there with you know kind of like the the classic kind of stories um and you know considering what i first heard about 1985 you know years ago this has totally exceeded my expectations of what miller would deliver so um so after reading it, all I could do was gush all over the internet about it. Ew. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I do not think that it is fair uh, for the rest of the books that came out this week um, for this book to have come out when you had the pick was as uh, it was created specifically for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, not, nothing really had a chance. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a good issue. It was very I – I almost do not believe that Mark Miller is writing this. But um, – <laughs> Well, yes, because Galactus showed up in the last page. Well, yeah, that, that was the, yeah, that was the other thing is that Miller's kind of going to the Galactus well a little bit much. <laughs> did the Fantastic Four two months ago, and now this one. I and again, up in again this Wolverine week, next week, again this yeah. week as well. Yeah, is this Galactus and Wolverine next week, or he will? That's, oh. that's, hey, uh, he's he's just a big dude looking for a meal. Yeah, exactly. He just hungers. That's all. Um, yeah, it, it, this issue ends with with you know with in the real world, you know the the kid's father Toby is you know talking you know he's trying to help save his mother and toby's mother and and it's kind of his narration he's like well of course he'd be here you know of course you know a new world and then it just shows galactus in the on the in on mm-hmm. the landscape and just a big close-up on his face and just saying i hunger yeah um uh, yeah no i mean it, this this is made for me and made for other marvel fans and and it's kind of you know it is a little unfair because i mean because i really did like i mean i really did like fantastic four i really did like powers i really you know i after reading proof i was blown away you know and and i love chung on new avengers but like ultimately this is the one that i was like oh this is so much fun to read and that's that's what i look for in the in my weekly book so am i the only one reading it or are you guys not even bothering or no i read it oh, okay what did you think it's a solid four star book. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's Marvel porn, so I'm yeah. not. I wasn't surprised, but pick, I wouldn't denigrate it. It was. A fun, yeah. It was a fun issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly what he said. <laughs> Just to really come with the really well known con- conversation we're known for. Uh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, I think probably the second best issue after the first issue, and I really liked yeah. all the little touches in this in the series. I liked when he went into the world and. Had to deal with the bureaucracy of the Fantastic Four and the, the Jarvis and, and the event. It was those all little nice touches. It yeah. was a very nice. Issue. I found myself though wondering if he's in the comic book world, do the rules of reality work the same way, or does coincidence help him out? Like, because if you go, maybe not in 1985, but if it was like 1965, like he would have gotten the Fantastic Four. You know what I mean? Like, well, it was. I was. I remember thinking that's actually a little realistic as opposed to. Yeah. Well, it's, 80, it's, it's 85 because it's yeah. 85 era yeah. superheroes, the black suits, yeah. Spider-Man. Or anything. Nothing one, wrong with one, that. just got me thinking. No. One well, thing I, I really liked about this from an artistic standpoint was, and this is so just simple, but they actually drew Peter Parker as a photographer. Yep. Like he had all the gear, he had the clothes. The hat. And you, and, you, uh, you never actually see, when he goes on photographer duty, he's just wearing his normal clothes. He doesn't have gear or anything. And you, this is the first time it's ever been like, hey, he's a photographer. Give him photographer's gear. Yeah. I, Man. I can't say that I've read anything Tommy Lee Edwards has done, but he, I'm really no, I'm like I'm going to look for the next thing he does after this. I think I think it's all clear to everybody that Peter Parker, at a stage where he was young and dating the Black Cat, is a better Peter Parker. <laughs> exactly. uh, and I'm going to just say that uh, <laughs> as fact. <laughs> he was instantly more engaging in this issue. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think clearly that if they were to make a comic book like that, it would be better and sell more. Um, and that's not open for discussion or interpretation. <laughs> 
I feel like there's a lot of good sexual tension between Peter and Toby. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> but Daredevil was, I mean, not Daredevil. Dazzler wasn't in the book at all, and neither was Storm. I was very upset. None of them. None, none of, of them the X-Men. Were. Yeah, none of the X-Men. None of the people on the cover in it. She-Hulk. I know. Spider-Girl. Spider Spider-Woman, Spider yeah. Yeah. Is that Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman? Spider-Woman. That's Spider-Woman, right? Yeah, that's the, yeah. Uh, not the Jessica Drew one. That's the, uh, what's her name? I forget her name. Sp- Spider-Woman 2. The redhead, yeah. And it was uh, She-Hulk and the Fantastic <laughs> Four. Alter that? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, red- Spider-Woman 2. It's I, I. Shut up. That's that's from the, uh, the Marvel the handbook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I um, but so it, it, I really liked it, but it was, you know, a, a very close contender was Mark Miller's other book that came out this week, which is Fantastic Four number 560, which, you know, I know I was really, really, I was really, really hard, not really digging the, um, hard on. And I was really not digging the, um, the, the first arc of this, but I am loving this arc and I really, really like this issue a lot. Uh, I think this issue is the, the, again, the second best issue since the one I picked this pick of the week. This was yeah. a really good issue. Yeah. I, I mean, you said it earlier. This is this week was strong. I had like four, five-star books this week. Yeah. It was a really strong week. But this was a really, really good issue. This was a – at the end of the last issue, someone had kidnapped um, – was it Johnny? Yep. It was Johnny. The Human Torch. And we find, we find out it's, it was the Hulk. And we were like, how is that possible? And we find out in this issue that it's the Hulk's son from, from the future. Yeah. From the future where the, the world is – died you know that we've, we've destroyed the world almost everybody's dead and just some heroes are, are left they go back to the past to, to fix the future to be able to bring all the people who are alive back to the, the past yeah they're they're there are like eight billion people on earth that they need to save they need to get off of earth and they're so they figure we'll bring them back to the past have you noticed that mark miller's um repeating himself in what sense well you were just talking about galactus showing up a couple of times and then yeah. uh so there's a hulk son from the future yeah. Well, it's, it, I think it's intentional. According to right. what every, every report, he's he's intentionally linking things thematically in all of his books. Yeah. Um, or or just you know using coupons. Or, I mean, <laughs> or, or he's going to link them all not just thematically but also tie them all in in continuity wise too. I mean, right. you never well, know. That, that, that would just kick. make your little heart flutter. It totally <laughs> would. Yeah. And then the big reveal in this issue is that is that um, the, the new Fantastic Four nanny is actually a future uh, Sue Storm. Yep, and she lays waste on the Fantastic Four, which is kind of cool. Um, I really, really liked the um, the the villain explaining what they're doing to Johnny while he's captive, um, mm-hmm. and then the reaction, his reaction, and then um, you know Johnny's kind of you know being sarcastic and baiting him, and they're kind of telling him what their plans are and everything, and then he just because Johnny's he's you know he's held captive, strapped against this machine above Galactus and and behind Doctor Doom. And I just love that he just he pulls Doom into it. He's like, "Hey, Doom, what do you think of this?" <laughs> and Doom just you know swears he's going to kill everyone tonight. <laughs> just, like, it was it was like Doom has barely said a word in this series, but every time he has, it's been great. So <laughs> yeah, Miller can make me laugh. He I mean I give him that. Credit. He writes he writes a good Doom. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. <laughs> and I like the I think the art was stronger. I think everything about this issue was stronger than 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 it has been. It's a really it was a really good issue. Yeah. It's been interesting. It's been interesting to see. I mean, on a, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's noticeable or not, but it seems like it's a, um, you know, the inks, you know, the people inking has has rotated a lot from issue to issue, and I, I don't really think I've noticed the difference because I think because it gives, the credits the inks to Brian Hitch and this issue is Andrew Curry and Matt Banning, who I don't believe worked on the last issue, um, but Hitch is always mentioned in the inking. So I'm curious to see whether you know 
he's setting the guideline and then they're following it and how much that affects. But if you go back to like the first issue of this, you know, of this run that was inked by Paul Neary, you would probably, you know, like I'm, I would want to look at that art, see about any subtle differences. And I wonder if that's helping it speed things along and keep on schedule or not. Well, I feel, I feel like the art's tighter in this yeah, issue than, yeah. than normal. Maybe, maybe, maybe all of our jokes about Paul Neary at the beginning of the arc, uh, <laughs> let's put him off. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember what the joke was, but I remember we laughed. Yeah, well, he's like, <laughs> well there was there was there was a Brian Hitch running down the Triborough Bridge with a with a, <laughs> with a bunch of paper. <laughs> right. I don't remember what else. I don't remember the context at all. Ah, well, <laughs> I'm sure someone will someone will remind us of that. Um, my my, it was tough when I got that into my books. I went to the website to, to decide on my pick of the week. Uh, which is a whole new bit of stress now that I have, you know, now that we have in the site. I didn't have to worry about that on every <laughs> two out of three weeks. Now I do. Um, I ended up going with Powers number thirty. It was a tough decision. It was Powers is really good. I think that if if they ended Powers with this issue, I would be totally okay. Like I really feel as like this is like the end of this the first arc of the the ongoing story. You know, like it just it brought this long story with with you know with Dina and and you know to a close, and it resolves that resolved everything that I was curious about what's been going on. Like I don't know where they're going to take it from here. As much was, as I like Dina, I, I hope we don't see her again, or yeah. at least for a long time. Oh no, we're I done. Like, I'm I feel done like her story is over. Yeah. Um, well, unless she comes, but she's like, they, well, the thing is, and this is the thing that they kept saying over and over again. They kept repeating the idea of reinventing herself. Yeah. Make yourself again. Do a thing. So, if he drops that hint and leaves that note and then doesn't follow up on it, I would be very, very surprised. Right. Well, see, when it, it, she it, it, does come back, she's got to be a different yeah. thing. Well, just to, just to, just to recap it. So, so this is really like the epilogue and last issue, you know, she, you know, they, she, she, she basically, you know, secure, you know, they solved the problem, whatever, who was killing people and trip hammer. And they, they, you know, so, figured out the virus and all this stuff. And this kind of dealt with the repercussions and, you know, and it starts off with a lot of information about people, you know, saying, if you have the powers virus, come get cured and all this kind of stuff. And then it goes into her in a meeting with the police officials and, you know, you, you know, she's probably figuring she's gonna get the book thrown at her. And they just basically say, sign here, sign here. Here you go. You were undercover the whole time. Here's a check for your, 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 your you know, for the, your back pay. And the check is like for $3 million. And they're like, and you're no longer a cop. Thank you. Goodbye. And she gets totally like bought off. Like, and, and then she talks to her captain and finds out that, you know, she could have sued and, you know, gone, you know, gone after them. But they, you know, she, she, you know, she took the, the, the exit that was given her, um, which I can't say I wouldn't, I wouldn't either in that situation. Um, you know, I think you, said, you take it and get out of there. Yeah, I thought it was a very realistic, clever way of ending her of, of her dealing with it because her going to you know be be put on trial and going to jail just wouldn't have felt right. You know, and like this feels like something that would really happen in the real world. Yeah, one of the things that was interesting is that is that basically there's there's two parts to the issue. Actually, sort of, and it sort of goes back is that the first half of it, you're feeling really bad for her and you're like well she got away with all this stuff and she's feeling bad and blah 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 and then walker comes in and has this conversation with her just about you know you have to do what's right you have to do what you have to do yep. you know over and over and basically takes the weight off her she's like okay everything's fine and she's gonna be happy and then like the very end is no no she can't shake it yeah yeah she still did she she she's taking responsibility for herself she's gonna i mean i don't she doesn't have enough money to be batman but she's got 3.7 million dollars and a chip yeah. on her shoulder. She, she's gonna. Yeah, she's gonna be back. Yeah, but but do you see do you see what I mean? Like like yes, there's a wealth of stories left. There's her coming <laughs> back. There's um, Walker and his you know uh, Green Lantern esque powers. Well, um, that's why you can't end the book. Yeah, well, yeah, but 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 but, but there yeah there are still stories to be had. But if they ended the book, like this would be an okay ending. 
You know, I don't know. For me, at least, that that was the thought That's I had when I finished it. A huge dangling story about the main character. Well, yeah, but well, yes and no. Yeah. But it's not like there's a cliffhanger. It wouldn't right. necessarily. He's starting a new chapter of his Why life. Are you two both trying to cancel my one of my favorite books? No, no, I'm not I'm trying not, to cancel. I'm saying no. it, had they been the end. My favorite scene was that middle conversation between the two of them and the double page spread with the with the dialogue bot balloons mm-hmm. that that swerved through the entire scene it was yep. like vintage old school Bendis, and I loved. I just loved it. He knows these characters so well, and. Uh, I, I finished it. I just it was you know so happy. You know, and, it's just one of those powers issues. It's so meaty and full of dialogue, and, and just feels so good afterwards. I'm looking at that two page spread, and and Oming's like I love Walker as he exists now. Like I don't know what he's doing different than before, but he like his hair, his hair, his hair is, different. is different. I mean, it just seems a little more accessible. He's thinned yeah. him out a little bit. Yeah, I think he, has, he made yeah. the face a little younger looking. Yeah. or something. Yeah. There's something noticeably different, but I like. I, I mean, I, I liked Walker to begin with, but like mm-hmm. after that conversation, I was like, "Oh, I love this character. He's awesome." So, um, you know, what was interesting about that page is that I was those those balloons. I mean, that's that's a lot of dialogue to put in a page. Yeah, I mean, that's a ton. And at a certain point, it sort of goes down and then up, and then I'm like, "Am I reading this right?" Yeah, I think I am. I'm going yeah. around like. That poor that, when Eliopolis got those damn like oh you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> but he, five pages of dialogue. But he nailed it. I mean he. I mean like because it's it's, it's it's that much. I mean because it's not easy to take that amount of dialogue and like the conversation like reading it the conversation flows and and the way the balloons are placed it's it's you know I know you know you know both Bend, Bendis probably talked to him a lot and they figured out how to do it but it just it just flows so smoothly and you're right it's a ton of text but it's not you know it's not un you know unreadable. Which is, you know, some other people have a hard time doing that. So I gotta say that that I know people make fun of Bendis for this kind of dialogue scenes, but this is the I I miss when almost every book he wrote was like this. Yeah, I mean he he writes this back and forth dialogue like, like nobody else in comics, and I miss when this was like that, and Alias was like this, and Daredevil was like this. I just missed that period about five years ago where everything he wrote was was uh, just long strings of dialogue. Right. Nope. Now you get like a three year event. <laughs> well, we're gonna make, we're gonna get to that in a bit, but I I just. I, I I think yeah, Dina can come back, but I really hope it, if she does, it's not for a while. Yeah, I feel like they need to let her go for a while, and and then when she so, so when she does come back, it's more impactful than. Yeah, being I, like, I agree. I totally. she comes back and she's angry. I mean, I know it's Let's, easy easy for us to say like, well, you know, the next story arc should focus on Walker and his powers or whatever, but it's going to be something that we completely have have not thought of that we don't know anything about. It's going to be so it's going to be monkey fucking again. I mean, like listen, that's easy to go. Even if she comes <laughs> back in six issues, that's going to be two three years. So don't right, worry. No, about exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Until then, the torso killer will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on. Um, Hell, uh, Hellboy. Hellboy. Hell- the Crooked Man Part 3 of 3 uh, started really strong, and it ended stronger than it started. Uh, this was a really satisfying ending to a three-issue miniseries, I, I felt, which is almost unusual. Like, I was surprised. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's ending really well. It was um, because the first two, after the first two, I was, I was kind of like, well, where is this going and how is it going to end? Because we only got yeah. one left. And it ended up being very satisfying. Yeah, and what was cool is that even after it was over, apparently we were only half – like after the main sort of confrontation was over and we were only halfway through the story, we still had time to do a little wrap-up epilogue thing, which – like I just felt like I got a lot of comic book with this. And you know, if, if you had asked me a little while back whether I think Richard Corbin was the right person to draw a Hellboy story, I would have said I'm not sure. But I loved this. I thought this was fantastic. Um this sort of confrontation between I don't know the guy's name, but the main human guy and and this this preacher 
And the crooked man, who's like a demon devil kind of thing outside the church, was just a ton. It was just a lot of fun. It was just like good versus evil and willpower and and like the the poor stuff the preacher has to go through, where the devil's trying to tempt him over and over again. He turns him young. He gives him his sight back, and 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 the, you know the whole time it's just Hellboy in the middle. All right, I'll take care of this. It's fine. <laughs> he was like Hellboy was so not the driving force of the story. Like he was well, it's interesting because he was young. He's younger, right? I mean, it's, it's still yeah. younger Hellboy, so he's, he's still. I wonder what yeah. would what older Hellboy would do with this scenario. Would he've waited as long as he did to just whap the? I love the consecrated shovel, and then Hellboy just whaps him. Yeah, that is. It, I mean, I guess that's the that's the thing I'd actually kind of forgotten about that we're looking at a thirteen, fourteen year old Hellboy here. Maybe maybe no no older than twenty, I guess. Even though he grew up fast, but. Fun, yeah, fun it was stuff. The 50s. Yeah, it was really good. I, I the, the art was just beautiful. I, I found myself just marveling over every page. Absolutely, and tonally, like, like the art just set it up, and it's really, I don't know, it felt different than most Hellboy stories, but yet it was appropriate. So it was just a great, great issue. This is this is really good Hellboy. If you're if you're looking to get into it, these three issues are probably you could like most of the Hellboy. You can read them on their own. I think this is the first Hellboy I bought that wasn't in trade form and. Mm-hmm. Since it originally came out, it was, it was um, did you guys pick up Back to Brooklyn? I did. Yo, I know Connor did. I'm Ew. always in Brooklyn, so I picked it up. Because he was going back there. <laughs> I actually was. <laughs> Ironically, it's very he meta. Manhattan was like, "This is perfect." <laughs> it's telling uh, me what to do. Garth Ennis scripted and, um, or actually, co- story co-plotted by Garth Ennis and Jimmy Jimmy Palmiotti, scripted by Garth Ennis. Um, with artwork by. <laughs> good luck with this one. <laughs> e Halo Vukalich. That's Vukalich. good. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Uh, from Image Comics, five issue miniseries, uh, Gangster Story. I wasn't sure if I could place when it was. I guess now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the modern cop cars. Yeah, it's yeah, now. yeah. It's but, now. Totally now. Um, basically, it's one of those stories that, that throws you in right as it's already going. Uh, they got a gangster. Like the number two guy in the mob is in the is in the interrogation room and he's willing to give up everybody and you don't know why and the cops don't know why and it's a big deal and and the bunch of cops get killed so they let him go and we start the story. Um, well, they let him go because he calls home and the, the the number one guy in the mob picks up and says, "If you talk, I'm killing everybody in your family." So he says, "I got to go back to Brooklyn." Right. <laughs> and shoot some and bitches the, with a shotgun. And then the music starts. <laughs> um, I thought this was really fun if, if for no other reason than and I think uh, Garth Ennis' dialogue is really fun on stuff like oh, this it's, he, he, I was mar- the dialogue was just great I was, exactly and, and he, just, he gets right into these characters and right away you know all these characters and, right, mm-hmm. and the back and forth and the, and the mob guy sitting around at the card table in Brooklyn you yep. know, just bullshitting and, and just every, everything he just nails this dialogue he knows this, mm-hmm. this gritty world and it's yeah. It's it was fantastic. Did did um did either of you by any chance get to read uh, Jimmy Palmiotti's uh, two pages at the, in the at the end of it? Yes, <laughs> I, I like Jimmy. How <laughs> can you not? I know it's that last paragraph about himself where he just uh, kind of spits in the face of, of people who move to Brooklyn and say that they're from Brooklyn. <laughs> just that made me laugh. <laughs> but, uh, it's really it's really cool to see. Like this is obviously a a, a, a one of those passion projects for Palmiotti, um, <laughs> and it's interesting to see him kind of hand you know like wise not wise but like hand the scripting to Garth Ennis like one of the best in the business. You know like that's you know it's a kind of you know I I would say you know uh, more egotistical creators 
would, you know, say, this is my baby and I'm going to write it. But, you know, he came up with the story and said, and let Garth go to town on it. And that's a really wise decision. Not that, the, not that Jimmy's a bad writer, but if you can work with Garth, you can What's work, so funny you know, is you know. Jimmy is such, he doesn't, you wouldn't think so, but he's such a important force in comics. Like he's yep. been there for all these important things, but like he's the inker. Or he he's was, like, he was, yeah. Well, I know that, but he, I mean, he still can though. But like, he's like when you look at great runs, he was the guy inking it. He didn't need yeah. the spotlight of it, or he was plotting it, but he didn't need to script it. Or you know, yeah, yeah. he co, he was co in charge of Marvel Knights. Like, the guy, the guy's got a lot of talent, but he doesn't need to be the guy in front. Like, he's not that totally. attention seeking. Totally, yeah. which I, I love that that ethic about him. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the art in this. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't totally, you know, all about the art. I thought it was. It was. It was. It was. It worked. You know, it told the story. I thought at times it worked better than other times. Yeah. Um. And and it, you know what it had is one of these things that with guys who don't have a lot of this is the guy's first real published work, and there's this thing that I notice in some comics that are where the artists aren't as as good or or as, as seasoned. There, there's this weird arm foreshortening thing that happened. Like the arms just never look right. You're obsessed. Like just, you're obsessed with that. It's the thing I always notice. Yeah. It's when the arms just look too short or too small or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just keep noticing. And in this, it almost – it's not really photorealistic, but sometimes the stuff is as stiff as photos. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? there were a couple of panels where I was like, oh, that's a photo reference. Like that was – you know, I know exactly what you mean by that. Um, um, but it doesn't look like – doesn't like the faces are exaggerated a little more cartoony, so it doesn't really look like photo reference like – uh, it looks like there was a photo and he drew it from the photo rather than trace the photo. Right. I suppose, but there it's a little stiff. That's the only thing that it could get better. I like the coloring. I think the and you know, like the, he did the whole package of it, so the coloring of it makes it sort of realistic. I suppose the tone and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I almost it's almost great tone. Almost sepia. Yeah. Yeah. I do got to say that uh, you know the 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 scene at the end with the mob boss and the hooker. Aside from the Garth Ennis humor in the beginning of the scene, it was really the phone conversation that he has at the end of it, where you know the, this mob boss is do, he's doing it with a hooker, and and some one of his guys come in because he has a phone call, and he's on the phone with his mother, and you, you know it, like that was that's a very accurate phone call. Like the he nailed, di- the dialogue, he nailed, he nailed it. Call. I mean, like I, you know, uh, 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 you know, aside from the killing people and the violence and stuff, talking about that, but the, you know, for crying out loud, ma, 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 like that's, you know, mm. I've had that conversation with my mother. I know other people from Brooklyn and New York who've had that exact conversation, and like the tone and the 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 pace of the conversation, I just thought nailed it. And that's that's obviously it's got to be. I mean, Garth Ennis is a great writer, but that's got to be Jimmy Palmiotti's influence. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't know. It's a fun one. So. Okay, Ennis and. And this is good. Whew. He's really like this. And this, it's five issue mini. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, so back to Brooklyn. It came from Image Comics, um, but also came from Image Comics was proof number 12, um, which, which made me squeal with glee at the end. I got to tell you, <laughs> it made me squeal with glee, and I don't even know why. No way, really? I'm shocked. I, was, I figured, I got to the end and I thought, all right, Ron loves this, Josh hates this. <laughs> no, this, this probably would have been my pick of the week. <laughs> so I, oh, I, can't I was like, you liked oh it. shit! I was like, you can do that because I, I just wasn't expecting it. Like you expect it in some books. Uh, basically, next issue he's going to feature Savage Dragon. 
Um, well, well that, that's kind of burying the lead. Ba- basically, <laughs> basically in this issue, it's it was the third issue issue in this arc, I think. Um, and yeah. um, and so Proof, the main character, Proof, John Proof Rock, he's he's investigating some weird church people or whatever, and he calls in and and you know has this long conversation with the preacher guy and fi- discovers this big monster that they've been keeping. And as soon as he gets free, he calls in for backup, and finally the backup comes, and on the last you know page, the helicopter lands, and just in the last panel, it's it's dragon in a suit like dragon works for the people that proof works for really it's it's very tiny like it's not it's not a splash page i got a big heroic pinup of savage dragon oh no it's maybe like it's like three inches by one one inch and a half yeah it's like tiny so subtle i love that it it was so subtle that like i literally did like a triple take i went (laughs) no 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 and then i turned i didn't even see the back cover which is promoting the next issue which shows him prominently in in the on the cover like i'm glad i didn't see that because it was a total surprise that i completely didn't didn't expect or see coming so uh, besides that though great issue oh totally totally like, I, like look at the very first page of this and that is like it's like it's like a it's like an edgy dave gibbons interesting i mean look at that that's comic booking right there yeah i, w- I hadn't it's, thought about that but yeah you're right it's it's nine panel grid you know like they the first panel is black and they, they're opening up looking down a manhole cover and it's just like this little conversation and there's the pauses in it it's really nicely done yeah um I'm just I'm in love with this book, as you know. It's so <laughs> so good, so awesome. So if you if you're not reading proof, you definitely need to get out there and pick it up. Um, so I want to tell you all about the Mid Ohio Con. Uh, it's coming up uh, the weekend of October 4th and 5th in uh, in the Greater Columbus area. It's going to be at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it's going to be Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Um, it's uh, 15 bucks to get in for one day, 25 bucks for the weekend. Um, or if you feel like being a VIP, you can pay 100 bucks and get special access and some cool stuff. They've got a ton of cool people that are going to be there. Um, Chris Claremont, Alan Davis, Joe Kubert, uh, Chris Eliopoulos, Lou Ferrigno. Jason Muse, Ethan Van Skyver. I just slide Jason Muse in there like he's supposed to be there. Like that's you know <laughs> <laughs> David Mack, Billy Tan. So there's going to be a ton of great people. And what's really cool, Mid Ohio Con is one of those. It's it's definitely one of those conventions that are like Heroes Con or Emerald City Con. That is very. Um, it's in a smaller city. It's a smaller convention, but it's, it allows you a lot of access to these creators. And it's uh, can be comics. Yeah, it's, comics. Exactly. It can be. Yeah, it's all about comics, and it can be a really special time if you choose to attend. So go to uh, www.midohiocon.com. It's all one word. Uh, midohiocon.com. And if you're in the greater Ohio area. Area, you have to go to this convention October fourth and fifth. So, yes, excellent. So, um, so New Avengers number forty-five. Ooh, <laughs> sucked. It was this was the worst New Avengers issue I've ever read. It probably was. I have to agree with you. I love Jimmy Chung and his. No, and I love it. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. It was totally, totally beautiful. It just it, so basically, basically, this was. Um, Going back in time, watching the scrolls infiltrate, and it starts with you know the white flash of House of M, and it shows how the scrolls dealt with being thrown into the House of M environment, uh, which to be told, yeah, which anyway, I, I didn't want to be reminded of it. I didn't want to be you know I was kind of better off forgetting House of M existed, uh, but we got reminded of it. So well, I, say, I mean, I say that maybe it did need to be told because that's going to have something to do with the end of the story, but I wish it did. I mean, I didn't read House of M, so. I was like doubly like, oh, why am I reading? What is this? Why are they in stupid uniforms? Like I sorted it out. But. Was Hawkeye wearing that weird costume? Yes. Back then, yes. In House in the House of M world, that was Hawkeye's costume. The weird right. kind of pointy yeah no, nose thing. Yeah, yeah. I just thought maybe he drew the wrong costume. No, no, no. That was that's a, that's an accurate costume. So, 
It looks great, but yeah. so so ready for this to be over with. Yeah. All right, we're past it. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. on. Superman, Batman 52, which is part two of two with a little tiny mini mini superhero storyline. And this one focused more on the villain's side. They also came through the portal that Mr. Mixie's Piddlick and Bat might set to, to bring these little heroes over. And um, it was alternately really funny. And then also there was some serious business where the, the villains start investing. And apparently in the little tiny world, nothing bad happens. You, when you shoot a gun at somebody, you never can hit them. And the bullets bounce off everybody if, they, if it does hit them. And they're always falling on banana peels. They never get away. So here in the, in the, in the Earth, in the regular superhero world the rules the rules don't apply and so the, the little joker is excited the little lex luther is excited and and joker gets, his hand, joker gets his hands on a real gun and ends up accidentally shooting some of his own villains <laughs> when, he, when he tries to test out whether or not he can kill people and it was just really really imaginative really really funny really fun it's it's it was just one of the more refreshing uh storylines in a while and then also a little tragedy when um when uh when superman little super, mini superman dies Saving, uh, saving everybody. Aw, yeah. It was, it was like it was very funny, but very heartfelt. And, uh, but then the weird, the weird thing at the end is that um, they get they, te- they teleport all the people back to their their dimension, but the little Joker stays behind. Ooh, there you go. Someone so always stays what, behind. What will that mean? But he goes to Arkham Asylum, and then he and the regular Joker share a laugh together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna like adopt them like a son. Get a, yeah. joke. <laughs> but if, if you see these two issues, use. I mean, people need to check these out. They're really, really fun. Yeah, I've heard I've that. Heard I've actually, I've, I've, I'm a part of those for you. They, they look really, they, they sound really intriguing. So fantastic art. Um, so Daredevil number one eleven. Um, got Dotson. Now the the cover, yeah, had Dotson. The cover. You know, this starts the the story arc of Lady Bullseye part one, and the, I got the cover with the Terry Dotson art, not the David Aja art. Um, and then I opened up the book, and I knew that Michael Lark was not on, was not doing this arc. So I kind of going into this, I was like, "Oh, I wonder how this is going to be." Apparently, Michael Lark has changed his name to Clay Man. Yeah, because I couldn't tell any any difference at all. And it, the art, I thought the art was great. The Clay Man really stepped in and kept the tone of the book. And despite this being about Lady Bullseye, I thought it was a really good issue. So it was the Lady yeah. Bullseye thing wasn't that bad. No, I mean there was a lot of reaction to it. Like before anything had happened, which is a, a common comic book reader trait. This sucks. You, haven't, you actually haven't read it yet. <laughs> um, and so, while in concept, maybe it doesn't seem like the most attractive thing, but I mean, it, we at least we've gone from sulky Matt to adulterer Matt. I, I, and I, for I, one, I, I was I was I was cheering when he hooked up with the. He got he yeah. got back on the wagon real quick, <laughs> yeah, big time. He, he can't help it. He's he's not that unlike Dick Grayson. <laughs> Don't forget. I mean, he's he's he can't even see it, and it's throwing itself at him. He whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, you know the 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 Lady Bullseye thing. This story's plausible. Whatever they need somebody to have him fight. Um, and and another girl to be. In, I love in, the, I love the the morning after when he wakes up and he's saying, "Oh God, oh God." He goes, "You cheated on your wife. Your wife was in a mental institution because of you." It's like, <laughs> yeah, but they still stuck that little bit in at the end where he's like, "And how come it doesn't feel like it's that wrong?" Oh, Good. Well, it's because she was. That was a very mom. needed panel because she was extremely attractive. Yeah, she was. Um, well, she was a foreign model. And, yeah. So. And also, his, made me s- go ahead. his marriage is a farce. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. And and he knows it, and we all know it, and that's great. I know it. You know it. American people know it. I, <laughs> I. This issue made me miss Bullseye. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. I. I wish that. I wish that Norman Osborn wasn't trapped in Thunderbolts, and I wish that Bullseye wasn't trapped in the Thunderbolts. I don't yeah. care about the Thunderbolts, but I would like to see Bullseye and Daredevil. Yeah. 
I'd love to have Brubaker riding more bulls die. I'd love to have that happen. Well, I wouldn't. But. I would never. I wouldn't count it out. It can't be. You know, it can't be forever. So, um, so we're talking about Marvel 1985, and and you were saying the comic book was written for me. Um, yes, but more specifically, I think uh, Abnett and Lanning are writing Nova for me because they're no- writing it for me too. Well, Nova number 17 features uh, Dark Hawk, Dark Hawk on the cover and prominently in the issue. So I bought 25 copies of this issue. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that joke? <laughs> about, about two days. Um, so uh, you're gonna love scribble, scribble, scribble. Um, but but ultimately, this wasn't. I mean, this could have been a slam dunk for the pick of the week. But I thought it was it was a solid issue. But it wasn't amazingly great. It was just yeah. It, why wasn't yeah. this pick of the week? Because it was because it didn't it didn't move me the way it, it, 1985 did. Like kind of emotionally, this was kind of fun. I did have a little continuity problem because the last time we saw Dark, uh, Dark Hawk, he was in that uh, the Losers series by C.B. Sabolsky, and he was like kind of you know not using his powers anymore, and was kind of, you know that whole thing. And then they just explained that he's like, well, when I finally registered, they signed me here, and it's like, all right, well, okay. Um, so the continuity nerd in me got a little annoyed, but, um, but I love it when Nova goes to earth and I love it when he goes to his parents and his family. It just cracks me up. I just, I, it, there's it, a, yeah. There's one great panel in that, that I noticed where there's the bulletin board of uh, Rich's brother and there's yeah. like a bunch of pictures of him and his parents and him and Nova. And there's that one, uh, of where like, like the brother is standing too close to the camera. It's like the yeah. mistake picture. And I was like, that is great art right there. Yeah, it was well done. So Good stuff. I had fun with it, and, and, and the world mind thing. I mean, it was totally like comic book science of getting Nova back. Well, let me, let me see if I can, or the world mind back. Let's see if I can do it. Okay. Yeah. Bring it into a big computer. Ah, problem solved. Yeah. Stuff. But, but these are still the most fun parts of Secret Invasion. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the outside of Secret. I mean, this is loosely associated with Secret Invasion in that uh, Nova goes to check the scrolls who are attacking his brother's, you know, uh, research facility, and Darkhawk is protecting it. And it's loosely affiliated, but it's 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 the way Secret Invasion should be. So, well, that's exactly it. Is that um, it, it felt like like the lights go out and and the scrolls are at the door, and this is their invasion, and they're attacking, and it's scary. And why why am I not feeling this in in the Avengers books? Yeah. Because they're backwards. Exactly. They're going backwards. They're not going forwards. They're not telling but this the story. Never, this, but this hasn't happened yet in those books. Yeah. Right, but, that's, but it's still it's happening. It's not what, what has happened in the past. It's still so I'm just reading the Avengers books, though. I don't know that this is what it's like. Yeah. Because I only exactly. know this because it's like this and, and Captain Britain and things like that. And that's... that's, that's yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, those are the books that are fleshing it out. More, possibly more than they should have to. Yeah. But it was uh, fun, so. All right, cool. Um, so Captain America number 34 uh, looks to have closed the chapter finally on, um, on Act 3. Um, in, yeah. In a rather quick fashion. My head, yeah. my head was spinning a little at the end of it. <laughs> a lot happened. Yeah, almost too much. Yeah. And I said, like, okay, well, okay, she's gone. It's fixed. There it is. Zola. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it was still good. I mean, it's, 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 it's quality. So You know what I, I could stand more of is is the is the bucky in action trying to figure shit out either that either that or the bucky black widow uh, romantic comedy yeah that's also fun i don't i don't see the black widow sitting around watching tv i don't know or straddling him i like i like the bits where like bucky's still not quite good at this i think that's a lot of fun for whatever reason like because you're in the captain america uniform and then he gets to be redeemed a little bit it's all good stuff yeah i think this issue was really good 
but I, I think at this point we're at a, we're the, we're at a book with too many characters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too many storylines. So hopefully now that we've ended this, we can just focus on Bucky and focus on a couple of people around him, but not not to the extent. I mean, we have wrapped up like four or five storylines. This is. I mean, I think at this point you're almost in at the point of being in like a long term relationship where you're still happy. But you got to work to excite yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, like I don't dislike the book and I, I would never say a bad thing about it, but it's, I'm finding it more difficult to be excited by Captain America yeah. lately than uh, I, I think, have in a while. I think it's interesting, though, now because we've been saying how it's amazing that this is a book without called Captain America without Captain America, but now Bucky's Captain America. We, I think we have to accept oh, it's totally it. totally Captain America, yeah. and then I buy that, and I like that. Yeah. And I don't care that he has a gun, so suck it. Cool. Uh, Superman? I love, this, I love this issue. Superman 680. I completely love this arc and this, this issue especially. I love that Superman has a pulse and that he's actually interesting and 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 uh, this is this might have been the best issue of the of the arc so far. Oh, I think it was definitely. Um it was really good. I think some of the stuff the way that Superman acted in the middle like some of the dialogue he said was kind of odd to me, but I liked his um I don't know. He he was just a little like when he he calls it like all right little like he was kind of rude to the Zatara kid, right? Like oddly, I was like, wow, he's being kind of a bitch, <laughs> and that's that struck me. But I really like the scenes of him and Lois as you know Clark and the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tells that Metropolis that they have a dog. <laughs> he's your dog too. <laughs> and they're like, are we happy about that? Yes, yes, we are. I really, I really, really liked that. I thought this was really good. And then um, I think we're going right into next. Next is the new Krypton, which is just what links all the books together. So that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. All right, yeah, fun issue. I liked it much more than the last one. Cool. Well, when uh, if you feel like, well, maybe I missed out on Superman or Captain America or Nova or any other books, you can go to Discount Comic Book Service because they've got monthly specials up to 75,000, 75,000% off. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they would send you money. Monthly specials up to 75% off with 40% off major sh- publishers, flat rate shipping for $5.95 on all U.S. orders. You can buy anything that's listed in previews. They've got over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock available for order. You can track your orders online at going www.dcbservice.com. Cool. 75,000% off. I'd use them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can check out all the comics that are uh, released each week, and you can you know, do your pull list. And then after the books come out, you can rate them and leave a review. And we like to kind of spotlight some of uh, the, the community's reviews. Um, so I wanted to talk about one this week. Uh, the Next Champion wrote about Deadpool number two, uh, of which he gave the story a four and the art a four out of five. Um, at 12.5% of the iFanboy community made it their pick, which I thought was interesting. Um, and what he writes about Deadpool was, uh, so after two issues um, in, it might be safe to say that this is going to be a great run with Daniel Way on board. He knows no how to ever said he knows how to write Deadpool. The art fits the style of the book, and overall is a fun time around when reading this. Some say it hurts the series that it has to start off as a tie-in arc, but I say the series will work in its own right once we get the invasion out of the picture. I haven't been this happy for a Deadpool bo- book since, well, since the first Cable and Deadpool issue so many years ago. Don't miss this funny and entertaining book at your local comic store, and you'll regret that you did. Um, Daniel Way is not a good writer. <laughs> and and I, I think that I think that uh, next champion and other people who like this are just blinded by the fact that they get anything with Deadpool in it. So um, have you read it? Fuck no. <laughs> nice. no Maybe I am going to go. I am, I am going to go back and read it. I'm going to check it out. But but when I saw because I, I do like Deadpool and I would check it out. But when I heard Daniel White was on it, I said I'm not going to touch that with ten foot pole. So but that's just me. Everybody has their their writers who they don't want to go near. Yeah, exactly. My list is big. 
<laughs> Deadpool is one of those characters I've never ever had any affinity towards or interest in any form whatsoever. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I think it's, it definitely takes a it takes a, a certain you know interest to like him and to swallow him. Um, sorry, um, but um, <laughs> I was gonna let it go. Yeah, no, I know. I, it's sorry, um, but so it, it's 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 a tough one. But all right, um, so yeah, so go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and leave a review of, of the books that that you checked out. Um, and also, let's dive into our email, Jesse Rios. Uh, writes in and says he's an avid follower of us guys. Thank you. I picked up Why the Last Man because of the constant good reviews I kept hearing regarding BKV's writing and characters. This run contained what is to me the single most wow holy shit moment that I've ever experienced in a long time. Uh, I haven't felt for a character as much as I did for Yurik in issue number 58 and he totally caught me off guard. To quote Ron, he ripped my heart. He ripped out my heart. Which leads to my question, what, sing- what single most comic book moment uh, whether reveal, payoff, or stunner, tugs at your heart and stays with you till this very day. In my earlier years, I would have said the death of Phoenix or Captain Marvel, or more recently of Gene Loring as the killer in Identity Crisis, as moments that really stand out as solid payoffs. So, come on, guys, pick one. That's a really good question. Yeah, and you've just tainted the waters because I'm like, I don't know, probably, <laughs> Gene Loring. Probably, probably <laughs> I didn't know who Gene Loring was at the time. Death like, Phoenix. Who is that? Well, I mean, it's hard. It's hard because in you know, it's hard to remember one in the in the realm of superheroes. But I mean, most recently, the my epic weeping on the train while reading Strangers in Paradise is probably the one that comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. Towards the end of Strangers in Paradise, when it just you got very very emotional. Um, but that's a different kind of story. So I don't know. I don't know if that ca- I don't know if that counts. <laughs> what about you? It's hard. It's hard because in superhero stuff, it, you know, it'll be retconned out and. <laughs> Six months. It just doesn't matter, right? <laughs> oh, right. It doesn't. It's, I mean, I, you know, I would say normally I'd say that the whole death of Todd, Jason Todd story, even though I didn't like him, was was heart wrenching anyway. But then you know he's back and alive. So how heart wrenching is that? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I'm trying to think of other stuff, but it's coming up empty. Well, what about when Captain America died? Did that did that get you? If I hadn't seen it on CNN and the papers all day, and that shithead I worked with hadn't said it to me the second I walked in in the morning. <laughs> I remember that. That was awesome. Oh, I'm so pissed off about it still. Like, because that <laughs> would have not been, awesome. <laughs> that I think that that would have been great. Yeah, would have been one of those moments where you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. But it was ruined. I'll never know. I really don't know if there was a better one than the moment that he's talking about uh, in Why the Last Man. And I don't want to say what it is because we. <laughs> it was wait, a good. We, it, was, it was a good moment. I it's, think I because I, I was utterly and completely taken aback, but it was also completely appropriate, and I was like, "Oh, that hurts me so deeply." Yeah, I honestly don't think I have a better answer than that. So I think I'm going to be with him, All right. which is kind of a cheat. But he he tainted the waters by suggesting it. <laughs> All right. So if you have any questions that you want us to ask, you can shoot us an email at contact at ifanboy dot com. Very I cha- nice. I changed the accent on the email address. So contact that's at ifanboy dot com. That's very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> would you like some music well then you should go to emusic uh and if you specifically go to emusic.com slash ifanboy and that is a music sc- subscription service where you you can sign up uh at a monthly fee uh to to get a, a certain number of downloads um of all their music they have and there's like this great catalog of indie and and mainstream and classic music and all this stuff and you can download drm free mp3s um which means that you can do any damn thing you want with them 
uh, share them, keep them, uh, you put them on as many computers as you want. You don't have to ever fill in a password or anything, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and, and you can see at uh, iFanboy or emusic.com slash iFanboy, you can see a selection of stuff that we picked out, uh, music that we like, um, but there's also a lot more to get from there. What's also fun is that if you like one thing, there's all these great suggestions. You know, people who like this took this, and you can preview all this stuff on the, on the site, and it's, it's a great service. There's tons of good stuff, and if you're sort of bored with the music, it's a really good way to find new things. Cool. At a good, good price. All right. So um, on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail comes from uh, somebody here in New York. Hey, I have boy. Um, this is Mike from Queens. Um, the mail episode is really good, man. Um, some of them are really funny. Some of them actually explain like how you guys are and anything that I have a comic book question. Uh, that's not about comic books. It's pretty good. Um, you guys met in the episode. You guys mentioned about lettering um, in the comic books and. How about um, Sandman? Isn't that a good example about um, the letterings I use? Or I remember, like, for Delirium, that she has, like, color bubbles, uh, color, oh, wait, uh, background on her conversation bubble and stuff. And I think every one of the endless probably have a different lettering, right? Um, and our question is, um, why are you guys going to do another live show? Uh, I started watching you guys after you guys did the uh, last live show, so I was wondering if you guys are ever going to do another one again. Give it to Gort. Later. Well, Mike, you're, you're not wrong about that. That's Todd Klein who, who lettered those, and he kind of, uh, Todd Klein is the old man of lettering right now, and, and he won Eisner's for, well, just about every year he's ever done anything. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he's the Dave Stewart of lettering. Oh, he's up for an Eisner? You win. No, like, but, if, like, if you're in the category for lettering with Todd Klein, just go home. <laughs> but, <Still point. laughs> oh, God. I can say but things. Richard Starkings hates him. <laughs> oh, the Klein's a bastard. No, no, I love him. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, but no, but I thought that was a good observation that we didn't mention on the show when we talked about lettering. <laughs> that, that, that is, they, that the lettering style of Sandman was very distinctive and used as a tool to get across the characters, and that, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, it always it's funny because you always look at I would always look at Dream's dialogue, which is sort of the reverse black on white with the squibbly, uh, which by the way would be a pain in the ass to do digitally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Josh I, and is it, mired in lettering right now. <laughs> no, it really, it really made me think about what Dream would sound like based on that. Yeah, totally. I never nailed down in my head, but it made me think about it, which is, I guess, the intent. Yeah. So, um, live show. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, not so. You much. know what? No, we 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 realize we haven't done one this year. Um, because mm-hmm. honestly, we've bottled it every damn time we've tried. But <laughs> we've, and we've been busy. We've been busy. That too. Uh, but there's no reason to, to avoid it. We actually were talking about this recently, and we want to try to do another one before the end of the year. And probably in the New York metro area, New York City. So if you live in New York City and you want us to, let us know. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, it's definitely not out of the cards, and, and we, we you know, got to get back on the horse sometime. Yeah, totally. It can't go wrong every time. Yeah. Uh, uh. we're testing the boundaries of that theory <laughs> so um, if you have any questions for us that you want to call and leave a voicemail call us at one eight 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 fanboys that's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. and be sure to be brief about 30 seconds and don't forget to leave your name and where you're from so. yay yes. oh, there we go 
That's right. a lot of show. That was a lot Ooh. of show. Oh, Ron, you're back. I'm back. I'm back. Apparently, despite everybody not wanting me to come back, so that was that was nice. That was nice to come back from vacation too. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was funny to listen to your own podcast and you're not on it to hear somebody else talking. And it, uh, Sonia did a good job. I thought I laughed a couple of times. So, um, so good, good job, good job, Sonia. Is it true you forced her to watch Nine Two One Zero? No, she offered. All right, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I got to download Nano Two and because I don't have cable. And she goes, oh, you can come over and watch it at my place. I'm like, okay. And then she's just like telling everybody, oh, I pitied Ron. I let him come over and watch. It's like, whatever. <laughs> she had fun. She won't admit it though. So. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, we wanted to mention that we, the three of us, made our dramatic podcast debut on a show called Geek by Night, which can be found at geekshow.us, which is www.geekshow.us. We were in episode six of Geek by Night, Raiders of the Lost Comics, and we have a little cameo about 25 minutes into the episode playing comic store patrons. And yes. it was a lot of fun. So thank a, you. It was a very, show. very well done production. So it was fun to listen to. I would like some more takes of my reading. Yeah, it would have been better if I, if I heard that it's hard to do it. The way we did it, it's a little difficult. And, you know, but it was fun. It was, I do it Talk- again. Flew us out there. We were all on a soundstage together. And yeah. wait, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> it was Skywalker Ranch, wasn't it? it was at the- I believe so. <laughs> I didn't just wouldn't stop talking. Blah 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 neck, blah 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 neck neck. <laughs> All right. So uh so you and if you were on ifanboy.com this week you would have seen the post pointing you to Geek by Night and you could have checked it out. So um be sure to go to ifanboy.com every day to check out all the great writing that's there. You can see my pick of the week review as well as all the other great writing uh from other writers including Sonia and Paul and Jim and Mike and and Chris from our comics and Paul Dini and just the whole crew as well as me me Josh and Connor every now and then. So uh, ifanboy.com where's that? And while you're there, you can check out the store, which is the, the links to the, the products that we do. And you buy those from, from Amazon through us, which helps the show out. And um, there's just some recommendations we put on there and in video shows and all that stuff. Go look at the store. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Every Wednesday is iFanboy, the video show. And you can find that on iFanboy.com or revision3.com slash iFanboy. And this past week, we did... The manga episode yes. where we talked, we did our little manga experiment where we asked for suggestions and you guys gave us some and we picked the most popular ones and read those and and it was interesting. Yeah, and then next week, next Wednesday, we're going back into the vault and talking about some books that have been on our shelves that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. So uh, it should be fun. Yes, good time. So that's every Wednesday in the afternoon on the eastern eastern coast. Uh, yeah. com. And, and this week, uh, you can you can look forward to the iFanboy minis every weekday. But um, <laughs> this will be the last week of the minis, um, which were a crap load of fun and, and a lot of fun. But, um, well, a this is going to be the work. last <laughs> There were a ton of work, um, and, and we may go back to the format in some way at some time, but uh, – they're going to be done for now. Yeah, it was, and, def- it was definitely an interesting um, experiment in doing short <laughs> short form video and comics and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, we we did how many? We did almost 150 of them. So it will uh, be 145. 145. Yeah, 145. So every damn day. Th- so thank you um, to everyone who watched them and enjoyed them. Uh, we really so appreciate it. Back yeah. and like it's yeah. just so fun to be able to do something just like that. You know, yeah. every day and and um, but the, the the upside of it is we're are going to have more time. Um, to do other, they, they don't look like it, but they do take a lot of time um, <laughs> in terms of production and uploading and doing all the stuff that has to do with them. Um, but uh, you know, you got to move upward and onward. So, so uh, thanks again, everybody, and um, we'll have something 
just as good. Yeah, and it's, def- and it's definitely not anything that we want anybody to be upset about or worried about or anything like that. We're, we, like Josh said, it's going to give us a lot of time to do even more cooler, different stuff every day like we've been doing. Um, we're trying we're trying pretty much everything we can to make iFanboy.com as much fun for you all as we can, and, and we'll try new things, and some things we'll stop doing, some things we'll keep, we'll to do new things. So it's definitely a good thing. I'm going to start podcasting with my pants on. Awesome, finally. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new year, new leaf. Never make me. <laughs> <laughs> but I will wear a shirt as I always have, and I usually wear my iFanboy shirt that I got from jinx.com slash iFanboy. You can get the iFanboy logo with the intern on the back. And if you get that, send us a picture with you wearing it. Send it to jinx.com, and they'll send you free stickers. Yay. And as mentioned before, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. What, you didn't see the J next to that? <laughs> well, I f- forgot. I'm, you know, I'm going off script. Social networks, you listen to ifanboy.com slash about. There it is. That's how you can, ne- you can, you can link with us. You can virtually network with us. <laughs> where, Josh? Where? MySpace, Comic Space, Verb, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Awesome. But you'll have to go to ifanboy.com slash about to find those links. But you should because that's, that's where the kids are at. What I hear. At, dot, at slash about? Yes. There's a little thing there about where didn't we are. I realize that. The kids yeah, were having the about page. I live there. <laughs> you're, just you hitting, like, you're, hitting, you're hitting refresh constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I get lost. Oh, he, remember, he forgets what we look like. If you like the show, you can write a review on iTunes, or even better than that, you can tell your friends, you can tell your comic star guys, you can tell anybody you want. You can leave a review on iTunes for this show and for the video show. We appreciate that, especially for the video show. It helps get the word out there, and you can uh, do that at iTunes, on the iTunes uh, place on the way, interwebs. Cool. And I don't know where I was going at the end there. And if you do like what we do and you do enjoy the, all the con- great content that we deliver to you free of charge, um, head over to ifanboy.com forward slash donations, and you can click on the donation links, and you could donate through PayPal. They take credit cards and everything, and we've got some recommended donations as well as you can donate any amount that you like, um, and we appreciate everyone who has donated. And definitely be on the lookout in the future for some cool stuff coming from us. In, yeah. Yes. In regards to that. Yes. But seriously, <laughs> about the donation page, slash donations. Yes. <laughs> seriously. Did I you thought we were kidding before? Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, it's good to be back. You know, it's, 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 you, you get a little rusty after not doing the podcast for a week. I don't know. When Sony was here, we had minis. Now you're back and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know about gl- that, Ron. You're the glum wave of doom. <laughs> you're like, you know what? You you are the show's Galactus. <laughs> I hunger. You show up, and, and maybe you're not a bad dude, but you're a hungry dude, and it means that you're fucking shit up. I hunger. Yes, you do probably, <laughs> don't you? I do a lot. If uh, there was a if there was a planet and or a cake right there, you would probably consume it. Yes, I would, without <laughs> without even hesitation. So. <laughs> Who will fight for the cake? Where is the cake fantastic for? <laughs> the cake for. That's funny. All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. <laughs> that's always really – when you make a joke and somebody doesn't laugh but they say that's funny, yeah. that's great. That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm Josh. Take your persecution complex.